can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Welcome back to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, with my lovely co-host Jane Shante Hammer, and um, mm. we're coming at you. We're coming at you once again with, with a new movie for this week. Before we get into it, though, um, just so everyone knows, if you want to keep tabs on what's going on with us between recordings and just you know major holidays, Palm Sunday. Uh, things like that, then you can always follow us over on um, Instagram and uh, Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can find us tweet, tweet, tweet away on um, the Webby Award winning, uh, Oscar considered, I'll say it, um, mm -hmm. uh, Twitter account, social media presence. It is our Twitter account um, at mm -hmm. MWM chat. And we are just chat, 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 chatting away over there always, always. Mm. That's the first thing I do in the morning. Um, I know it's the last thing that Jane does at night um, mm -hmm. before crying herself to sleep, but. Uh, that's personal. I'm not going to get into that. Um, she's working through some stuff. And uh, <laughs> who among us? Who among us isn't? Uh, who isn't? You know? Jane. Honestly, in the state of this world, of course I'm crying myself to sleep. Absolutely. Jane, as we all know, big, big, big conservative energy. Um, she's been really pissed by how long it's taken for some of her shit policies to, to take effect. So, um, you know? It's all... Uh... You're, you're, See on her right now, she's wearing a tank top, and I can see her tat, her God and Guns tat mm -hmm. on her shoulder is actually uh, fully, fully in my eyesight. So you know, yeah, go yeah, off, I got queen. The, I, I got it as soon as I turned eighteen because I wanted the world to know where I stand. And um, every time I take off my shirt, people can see that it's God's Guns and me. Do you <laughs> remember that? Sort that all I care about. Do you remember the time we were going to, I'm not going to name her, but one of Dave's friends was getting married and then, and like out in somewhere and we're going to her wedding and like, we passed this, like, it was like some, like, like an RV and like it had a sticker, a bumper sticker on the back and it said, I stand with God on gay marriage and abortion. And it was just like such a specific, it was like so specific, not artless. It wasn't even like a really fun, like, you know, conservative pun happening. It was yeah. just like plainly stated and uh as we passed the person I just thought none of these things should fucking concern you. Um no, but no. uh yeah it was just a really funny bumper sticker to me and I think about it often just the specificity. Mm -hmm. uh, it is really specific. It's not like a it's not a catchy thing that you remember. Nope. It's just like a statement about being shitty. Yeah. And also like as if you know god has ever god whatever god don't get me into that i'm i'm not stoned enough to talk about what god is but <laughs> you know like the what the bible has said about gay marriage and abortions which i'm pretty sure is nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah so you um you're not you're not making a point <laughs> no it says a lot about like wearing polyblend fabrics it talks about how if you like if you basically if you like rape a woman then you can like make her your property um <laughs> it talks about not eating like shellfish yeah uh, it talks about not getting divorced uh most people are checking those boxes off though 
Exactly. Um, I'd see you all on all you can eat shrimp night at fucking Red Lobster stuffing your Christian faces. So get at me. Talking about, you know, trans people having like gender affirming surgeries and how that shouldn't be happening with faces bedecked with like rhinoplasty and like breast implants. And also and also being like my body, my choice when it comes to wearing a mask, but certainly not when it comes to a woman's right to make her own fucking medical decisions. And all of these like weird fucking like people that are posting these like these like poster boards that say like, we'll adopt your child. Oh like, my god! It is so gross and weird, and it's like, how about the nearly half a million that are already in the foster care system, baby? What are you like, gonna do about them, sis? Why don't you? Get, you can adopt anybody's child right now. Why don't you get to it then? If you exactly. were gonna adopt my forced to be, you know, if you're gonna force me to give birth and you're gonna adopt my child, why don't you choose one of the many that needs? A yeah, home? start right now. What does that start look right like? Now. Although I don't wish that for these children. <laughs> I know you. The people who they look like cult leaders who uh, are like they look like they they are literally your they're, child. <laughs> they're aesthetically they are the color palette of just like a thumb. <laughs> it's like from the outfit to like the weirdly like blonde everything. It's just like sit down somewhere. I know. You and I haven't even had a real conversation about this because I was out of town when We haven't had a real conversation about anything, I think, no. if I'm being honest. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to get into it too much. Just I because know, of... it was it was upsetting and appalling, and most of our listeners know, um, you know, this I is mean... bullshit. Hopefully all of our listeners know this is bullshit. If you're just like, otherwise you're just torturing yourself if, you, if those are the politics that align with you. <laughs> yeah, why are you listening are you to here? us? <laughs> like... maybe, they're tra- maybe if they're trying to get like tabs on the gay agenda. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And I've I have a few agendas as a gay and you know a uterus haver. Um, you go with that flex again, <laughs> uh, honey. It's just the way God made me. Or it's not a, but it's not a personality though, Jane. What having a uterus? <laughs> bringing uterus up in every discussion, and you're it's always you and what do you call it? No, Yudi? Y- me and Yudi. Little Yudi. <laughs> Little Yudi. Little that's coming to the stage. That's actually my rap night. name. Little um, Yudi. Little Yudi. Um, find me on SoundCloud. I talk a lot about um, shedding my lining and how that can be painful and result in um, cravings of chocolate. <laughs> that's right. And, that little that little Yudi. I'll never forget that one. What was that rap that you did? Um, you it was like hickory dickory duck. Give me what's in the cock. <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, a lot about, like, you know, get the government out of me because you have no fucking right. And if, you know, men can um, freely ejaculate into whoever they want, whenever they want, then, um, you know, (laughs) why are we having these fucking oppressive um, laws about our uteruses? Anyways, I don't want to talk about this because this is supposed to be a fun podcast. No, it is, is, yeah. is this supposed to be fun, way? by the way? Is this supposed to be fun for me? <laughs> we haven't talked about that in a while. This is and, supposed um... to pull the wool over my eyes oh, in, from yeah. reality, from my everyday. And thankfully, people are marriage? listening. No, from my from the the collapse of the world. Oh, okay. I was just checking. <laughs> You've been gone the for collapse... a week. I don't know what's. I don't know what the collapse. Ruined... The collapse of my world and my marriage. You know those two. I things. understand. You are like really, um, 
you really are luxuriating in in the falling apart of your marriage, though it seems like. Mm, 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 I imagine I'm, I'd see a lot of like pretty. Teenagers. Well, I'm writing a lot of rhymes as little little Yudi. Little Yudi, about, you need to put that yeah. album out. People, are I know. Ready for I, it. Honestly, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to put something out within the next month or two. I can just shoot out twelve to fifteen songs. Well, and... little Yudi can shoot shoot out stuff too, right? <laughs> I guess technically things can start in the UD and be shot out of a a, a hole. Little UD giving him those <laughs> lyrical cooties. Oh Staring too God. long at my pootie. <laughs> I hated every second of that. <laughs> Did you hate it because you didn't come up with it? And because now you're trying to, I see you trying to write it down real quick though. Something tells Please. me I'm not gonna get my credit in the what in the album liner now. It's not buried in those thank yous. We all know about that. I can't wait. Well, you you to... Gen Zers maybe don't know about it. No, of course they don't. But I hate I, I well oh god, I totally lost my train of thought. I was just about to say, Oh, I can't wait to erase you from my life once I become once I become extremely famous. Well you, you're gonna need me. You're gonna need a ghostwriter. <laughs> I'm gonna be the one running that ghostwriter camp right next to Drake's. Gonna, <laughs> taking all you, his You are gonna be tapped out. <laughs> taking all his scraps. I'm gonna be bringing some of those those up and coming TikTokers over to our over our camp. Like, keep it young, keep it young. You all know how young she is, right? Just young, young, young. That's all we think about. Like you know, like Tamagotchi. Dating, just dating myself. Dating yourself. You know, like you can't do that on television or the Golden Girls. Yeah, oh, I know, right? I'm like, this is your life. They're like the 1950 show. What? What's going on? Why do you keep bringing up talkies? The sixty-four thousand dollar question. We're all watching. Thing, right exactly paul lind <laughs> our contemporaries you know people youngish like us um <clears throat> speaking of people that are immortal and legendary um we jane mm. and i did have a brief gay gasp earlier today um from the, the beyonce album cover that she she dropped oh my and, god uh, she just casually drops things on her instagram and expects us to like make it through the day <laughs> it's so it, it, it was looking pretty um pretty incredible um amazing yeah. she just like i feel like she comes to me when i need her the most yeah, like absolutely. break my soul came out the day i think it was the day before Ro, Ro was overturned was that right i think and, so yeah and I was in the car driving to um, my friend's wedding. We were out of town this week. And like... On that suspended uh, license? I <laughs> I was not driving. I was in the passenger seat. Okay. <laughs> um, for clarification, my license is expired, not uh, suspended. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big difference is one, I just sort of let... <laughs> um, the paperwork run out. The other sounds like it was um, revoked from me for That's really like rock and, rock and roll of you to let your license uh, lapse and your ability to drive just wither up. I, well, I'll be honest. I still drive a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Playing our own rules. I, you know, n not the long trips, but if I need to, you know, run across town real quick, you know, I'll make do with, um, you know, make sure I'm stopping at all the stop signs, not passing through any red lights, um, really you are, obeying. You're going to get locked up. 
really obeying the law until I can... Call for, use your one call to call your wife who's going to be nowhere near her cell phone. Don't use it to darken my doorway. <laughs> so true. I was thinking about, by the way, for those of you who don't know, my wife has never picked up her cell phone in her entire life. She is horrible at, like, her phone rings and it's, you know... It's across the country from her. She does not keep tabs on it at all whatsoever. Um, and if something really bad were to happen to me, I wonder who I would have to call you because she yeah. would never know. It's true. I'd have to be inconvenienced. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, I forget where I was going with this, but um... you were driving. You were you were in the car. Somebody you were you had oh. a driver who was driving you, but you were in the car and you were listening to the song. Pastor. Oh well, Tara, Tara was driving. Okay, and. We were listening and Break My Soul came on and I just like started like crying hysterically in the car because it was just like, I needed this song on this day in this moment. Like you won't break my soul. Like I just felt it so hard. And it's like, it's such a fast and like, um, you know, it's like a dance song, but it absolutely no, but it's has very, like, such the, the lyrics meaning are very, like... to me. Yeah. To everybody, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Anyone with ears. Yeah. It's. Um... Yeah. It's really doing what it's supposed to do now. I've I've definitely been listening listening to it and on walks and getting caught up in the fantasy of who I think oh, I am and of course and imagining what a music video would look like since she's refusing to give it to us. I'm so confused with the fact that she's doing this so traditionally. Like she I'm, dropped but, a I, but single we don't know. with no music video. We don't know yet that she's doing it completely traditionally, but we know that she is now she's now she's now separating herself from like the course that she has taken over the last several projects that she's put out the last three or four projects. If you include homecoming, if you include the Lion King soundtrack, Mm -hmm. and then obviously the eponymous album. And then if you also include lemonade, like those Mm -hmm. are ones where she has just served it all at one time. All up at one time. Yeah. Um, And we have been there. Yeah. My biggest fear for this era though, is a traditional rollout that doesn't involve me getting a music video for every song because I'm spoiled. We're right, exactly. And that is actually a concern of mine too, where it's like we are we are just not doing a visual album along with the Sonic album which has been the case where it's like you get everything. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I'm it's like Roe versus Wade being overturned. Beyonce not releasing not... a video for every single album. <laughs> That's the order. Yeah, um, that is the order of week. absolutely. And it's got both both have got to be addressed on a larger platform. Yeah, I the thing is I just I, I I won't be satisfied if I don't get if I don't get like inundated with visuals. Like Mm-mm. she ruined me. It's her no, fault. No, she did. She did. And the thing is is that like if I can't consume everything she has to give me at one time at a in a you know, at a voracious speed and be completely blown away by everything she's serving and like watch it consistently on a loop from for months at a time then i don't know what i'm gonna do i feel like i part of me feels like because she hasn't given us the single the video for this single yet this is what still makes me think is this going to be traditional because i feel like if it was traditional i feel like she would have dropped the song in the video but this is almost more traditional But this is what it used to be. The song would drop, and then a few weeks later, or maybe a month later, the video would drop. I can't. I don't don't want that. I know, me neither. I want that from everybody else. I want that from Muggles. But I don't don't want that from her. Like, I'm fine with that from everybody else. But it's like, 
Carl, do you feel like we didn't like we did we did we not give you what you wanted when when you released those other ones? And are you now like? Did we not appropriately gag at everything that you gave us? Because I think we did. I did. If she wants to call me up and hear it personally for me, I will. I will have an hours long conversation with her talking about every visual from every album. Oh my god, she's so iconic. I I'm really still holding out hope that that we are going to get like a cornucopia of content. I I just, I really think we are. And I think that if she's doing traditional, she's going to do it with a complete tweak and she's going to flip it, I think. So I'm still holding out hope for, uh, well, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have more information. Um, you have a through line to her that a lot of people don't have. I do. So I do. I do. Maybe you can reach out to her and maybe text her or something. And yeah, yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I, what I like to do with us because we're so close, me and B. I love to just. I don't want to be all those people who are just nagging her and nagging her for information. I want to experience it in the way that she wants me to experience it. So even though like I have the absolute authority to call her up and be like, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Hey B, it's your girl, Jay. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this album? And she would give me all of the information because a, she knows she can trust me. B I'm her best friend in the universe. C I am her artistic collaborator. Um, like, you know, I I'm, I'm a sounding board for her. <laughs> you just, sound like you sound like a lackey, is what you sound like. You sound like I a just, lackey. I just like I was I was so in my own world and I looked up and looked at your face and you looked like you wanted me to die. <laughs> no, not today. You you were very much giving me like Kato Kalen. <laughs> like energy of just like I'm just happy to be here and you'll overlook quite a few things to keep that keep that guest house so I was just sort of letting you live in it really I was just like okay girl don't see that glove cool 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 I'm just gonna grab your dominoes from the delivery guy and get back inside what's you just doing out here with a mask on (laughs) do you know do you do you know what this sounds like, actually? And I was worried about this. It sounds like pure, unadulterated jealousy. And I get it. I get it. Because not everyone can be in the position that I'm in with her. But, you know. Um, I had I had the opportunity. And I could have towed the line like you did. But I'm no one's, and, you know, yes person. Like, And okay. so I've seen you benefit from it in a lot of ways. I've seen you benefit from it with other people, too. I've also mm. seen it blow up in your face, obviously, with Uncle Andrew, as you call him. And, like, what he's going through right now politically. Um, <laughs> who is um, just to clarify who's uncle andrew you know who uncle andrew is <laughs> um i first of all our our producer is getting mouthy and i can hear him in the background as per usual he knows and... too he knows what the tea <laughs> is too we both know about your affiliation with those sweaty palmed um <laughs> with lizzie's lizzie's baby boy we all know <laughs> so you are referring to prince andrew <laughs> you said it and I will say that I have absolutely no affiliation with him That's whatsoever. That's right, girl. Play that game. And I, and I was Create that thrilled. Distance. I was thrilled to say is to see um, Ghislaine get the 20 years that she got. Were you? And I said, you know what I said, Brandon? I said, she should she should get life. <laughs> if, 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 if I wasn't anti, you know, prison and, you know, I, I am, I do feel like abolished, you know. Abolishing prisons is the way to go, but uh, you know we got to do something with 
all these bad guys. So anyways, is this I actually is this your political campaign? I I'd say you want to iron out some of the deets, cross some of the T's, dot some of the I's, but I do I, I love um I love your zest. Um and speaking of zesty, um we're gonna slip right into that snort was appropriate. Mm, um because you. we're gonna slip right into um a mm. movie Something more um, comfortable. <laughs> something more comfortable. Um, and this week, I gave Jane Two Can Play That Game from 2001. You sure did. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and read the synopses. And Please then um, we can get to diving in. Here we go. Shantae Smith is a 20-something executive at a big advertisement firm. She doesn't just have it together in the boardroom, either. When she isn't closing big deals, she's shutting down playboys by leading her group of female besties through a series of rules that will aid in transforming their ne'er-do-well boyfriends into well-behaved and worthy partners. Talk about mergers and acquisitions. Shantae doesn't really have to use the rules herself, though. She is in an established relationship that has been thriving for quite some time with a dashing attorney, Keith Fenton. But when Keith slips up and tells Shantae a little white lie, she is tasked with walking the walk and putting him through his paces just as she's instructed her gal pals to do time and time again. One little problem, though. Keith is being coached through Shantae's gauntlet of love by his best friend and fellow attorney, Tony. When Shantae bobs, Tony instructs Keith on how to weave. Will Shantae be able to use her diabolical directives to get her own man back in line? Or will she discover that when it comes to true love, all the rules go out the window? Shantae isn't one to be messed with, but as she will soon learn, two can play that game. That's it. That's the movie. Yeah, baby. That's the movie. Two can play that game. Released September 17th. I'm sorry. September 7th, mm. 2001. Mm. Um, and uh, it was made on a budget of $13 you guys, million. You guys. And it you guys, $22 you guys, million you at guys, the box office. You guys. Brandon, when he was talking about the date, what are you of trying to do? Movie, he goes, "It was released September seventh," and then he whispers, "Right before lies, <laughs> right it before September eleventh, two th- September eleventh, two thousand and one." This was maybe the reason why it didn't have wasn't such a hit at the box office. That actually, you know what? That actually is a good point. I did think of that when I looked it up. Not Although it's like... funny because I remember this movie being a, I remember this movie being a huge hit, but I guess it's not. But it's funny because when you read about this movie, as I did in like researching this podcast and everything, um, it's talked about and it's regarded as like this black classic. Although what I've discovered from working on this podcast is there's so many movies from my childhood that I know are like heralded as like being these like really wonderful like um additions to like the black like classic cinema like canon and in terms of the larger public see white um they aren't regarded (laughs) with such with that same amount of like you know warmth and it's really interesting this movie did not it's like 35 percent on Rotten tomatoes which is or i think i think or is it it i may be wrong about that it may not be 35 percent, but it's like a number low it was really low to me for this film just because it's like huh but then i have to remember remind myself that majority of like the opinions that are being centered in these discussions are just white people's opinions which explains a lot of things um it's a 43 percent on rotten Tomatoes. that's yeah it's 43 percent way yeah which is crazy um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah but that's you know to be expected from you know white people 100 percent. i mean 
like I think it's really hard. Also, like all of the critics and stuff not all but the majority of the critics is like this is not who this movie is made for again like older white guys i don't know if which is um, really um which is really funny because one of the things that that i read i was reading an interview with the cast it was like a retrospective that they did like 15 years mm -hmm. on the 15 year anniversary of the movie and gabrielle union actually commented on how like of the movies that she's done this is one of the movies that has the widest crossover appeal. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And she told a story about that being... That is really interesting. Right? And she told a story about being at a baseball game and a little boy running up to her and he said, oh my God, you're a movie star. And she was like... "I." And it's like a little white boy. And she was like, I assumed that he had seen like H-E Double Hockey Sticks, which is another thing product that she worked on for Disney. And she was like, or something like oh, that. I've never heard of that. And, mm -hmm. um, and he was like, two can play that game. And she was like, what? Like, <laughs> what? why is Random. that you're in? And then he turned to his mom and he goes, Mom, it's the woman from Two Can Play That Game. And so she was like, it's like one of those movies. And she said that it's a movie that like a lot of a lot of men have seen also that she discovers because they feel like it's this sort of like, it's like the veil being pulled down a little bit and then getting this behind the scenes look at like what's really going on when like the women are together. And I thought that was really funny. Um but it has this sort funny. of like staying power. Um, it's a movie that I know for a lot of a lot of like my black friends and people. It is like a staple. Um, so it's really like fun and interesting to like see like the evolution of this film. And uh, it is not a perfect film by any means, but it is like it is delightful and like charming watch in like many respects. And like it's ever changing. I I have to things. say like. I loved watching this movie. I thought it was super fun, but like there's definitely issues with it for sure. And like you're saying, like it is just, there's just, I, I knew instantly before I looked it up that it was written by a man because the women's conversations that they were having with each other felt like they were written by a man for well, sure. You, well, you know what's really interesting is Vivica um, also spoke in an interview um, about how they offered her the movie three times and she turned it down. I saw that too. Cause times. She, Cause the script wasn't right. Cause the for script her. wasn't right for her. And one of the yeah. things she said was that she felt like the character of Shantae was written as a bitch is her word. And she was like, I didn't like it. She didn't seem likable to me. And so she said that she worked really hard to make sure that there was a warmth to her as well. And that like, she was really adamant about like, you know, making sure that Keith was, like, this sort of formidable, like, counterpoint to her. And she wanted mm -hmm. this movie to be, like, true to, like, black life. And she wanted this movie right. to be true to, like, the relation, as far as, like, the relationships among these black women. And so there was, like, there's a moment in the, in one of the scenes towards the end of the movie where Keith has sort of turned the tables on her a little bit. And she shows mm -hmm. up at this, get this, like, event, this, like, event for work, but she's got her girlfriends with her. And mm -hmm. Keith is sort of, like, testing the waters himself. He's, he's there with Connie Spaulding, played by Gabrielle Union. And they're dancing together. And she's sort of, like, loosely, like, a nemesis of, like, Shantae. And yeah. she's watching them. And then her friend, uh, Tracy, played by, Win Karen, played by Wendy Raquel Robinson, says to her, oh, my God, what are we going to do watching Keith, like, dancing with this other woman? Mm -hmm. And then Monique turns to her and she goes, what you going to do, bitch? <laughs> and the director and the director called cut she said and he was like no 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 like you can't call shantae a bitch 
And Vivica says, no, I pulled him aside. And I was like, no, like she can call me a bitch. She's, it's a term of endearment. She's one of my best friends. And this is how black women talk to each other. So like, it's okay for her to say that. Like, but she just talked about sort of like making sure that moments that's finding ways to make the moments authentic to like each of the characters, which I thought was really interesting that she had such a hands-on role in that process and clearly was building a certain amount of like earned obviously like star power that she had vivica fox 2001 like and so i thought it was cool that she was such a collaborative like part of the movie and that she said she she said she had a lot of pushback with like the director with the costume designer apparently she said that the yellow versace suit she wears at the beginning of the movie she bought herself Oh, wow. Um, and then there's a Dior dress that she wears when she goes to Keith's place to try and um, to seduce him in order to basically basically yeah, yeah. blue ball him. And I think that she also said that that was something that she got herself as well. Um, and went and got them tailored and everything. Because I don't know if it's because the budget was so tight that they were like, we can't afford to like mm. buy like these like, you know, we can't afford to buy like upscale, like off the rack, you know, from you from these stores. And Vivica was just like, okay, then I'll buy it myself. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting <laughs> that she was like, it's more important for me for this to be, for these images to be preserved on screen. Like, well, that's because this, I think, well, I don't know if that's because, but I, my initial instinct is because um, this was her first starring role, like their first, like, role leading a movie. And I like, think... she'd been strong. I think at this point, she had had strong supporting turns in movies like Soul Food. Yeah. That was in like 98. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously big, big blockbusters like, uh, you know, uh, um, Independence Day, of you course, know, why yeah. do fools fall in love, that kind of thing. But this one, as far as like, you are the leading lady, you're not sharing that title with anyone else. Right. This was very this isn't, much like, there isn't like a lead, you know what I mean? Like this no. is, it's her and Morris Chestnut and yes. they are leading this movie and really it's her. I mean, yeah. the women in this movie are more significant than the men yes. to me for sure. And they were much more interesting. I think like the reason why I say I felt like these, the conversations between women were written by men was because, and maybe this is just the way that like things happened and what ended up being like <clears throat> on the actual, you know, what what ended up making the actual cut was mm-hmm. like the majority, I would say like 90% of their conversations about men in this movie were about dick. And I was like, okay, women talk about other things when they talk about Oh yeah, about it was men. a lot you know of like, mean? it was a lot of like back and forth banter about like the sexual aspect of men. Yeah, like, it's like, I'm not letting a hard dick go to waste. And it's like, okay, sure. But then like also talk about like what you want from your man. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, hopes and to, dreams and like, right. yeah, like let's move beyond this, yeah. Like, that would have rounded it out for me, I feel like. Yeah, there were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of sex, there were a lot of sex discussions in this movie, and a lot of, like, that kind of banter. Not that that isn't a part of it, but you're right. Like, there could have, those conversations could have been colored in, like, in different ways. And I also think, like, for four women who are so accomplished and interesting in their own right, and this is sort of like a Bechdel test thing, too, which, like, wasn't really part of the mainstream you know, in 2001, but like they literally only talk about the men. And it's like, I feel, I know this movie is about relationships, of course, but like in order for me to feel like these were really full characters, I needed them to have like just one or two conversations about something 
even if it was related but indirectly related to the men that's fine but there every single conversation between these women were about the men and i was like these these women and these characters are too interesting and accomplished to have this be the only thing there's yeah there's more going on and if it wasn't about sex and it was about sort of like which is and by the way i do think that some that a lot of this is true if it wasn't about sex though it was about like the emotional labor um, yes. And the physical labor that these women do in order to, mm-hmm. like, maintain their relationships uh, and uh, and obtain, like, a certain, either a certain status in terms of the relationship from their partners. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the labor that sort of goes into, um, into taking these men who maybe are less accomplished. Like, uh, Karen, played by Wendy Raquel Robinson, um, mm-hmm. she is in a relationship... Um, in the movie with a surprise uh, appearance by Bobby Brown. Did you recognize him at first, Jane? Because when we first meet him... Okay, I wasn't sure. Instantly. Um, His name's... He plays Michael. And in that scene, um, when we first meet him, he's got a jerry curl and they've given him these, like, prosthetic, like, these, like, teeth. These, like, They are a mess. (laughs) They're a mess. They give him this mess mess of a teeth, which, like, think, like, the the character on Martin Jerome... Um, who's always yes. trying to get the girls drinks. Um, but it's very that. And he is, you know, he's fixing her car. And then for some reason, she decides to take a chance on him. I was and... like, I that was one of the most unbelievable things about this movie. I was like, why? This beautiful woman who like has... Is like, it, an, they say is like a business, ex- she's like an executive She's like at the youngest company. executive of her com- in her company. In her company. Like in every capacity and she's like hmm I think I'll take this messy ass gross dude like and, and spend and tens on, of thousands of dollars like upgrading his, him like, yeah. and then, like to be to be fair as like I, I mean I do know that women sometimes that that is a thing that happens in relationship not just women but I mean that idea of like building somebody up or like putting in the work to make somebody like a better version of themselves. I think that if he had like not been such a joke at the beginning, that it would have felt more like, oh, he's got a good heart. But it's like, he came at her so like, he came at her so intensely sexual that it was like, it seemed like he was bringing nothing to the table. It was every red flag. (laughs) It was like, why are you doing this? And like, I mean, I am obviously of the camp where it's like, I would rather meet someone who's working, who works on themselves because I don't need a project. I'm my own project. That sounds exhausting. Yeah, you are. You're my project too. (laughs) But for some reason she was on board. She's like, huh? I mean, the one advantage I will say probably, which is a horrible advantage. It's like, Oh, I know nobody else wants you. So I know I don't have to fool around. I know I don't have to deal with like a bevy of like, women who are trying to who are trying to get their hands on you but the whole the whole point of this it's like each one of these men is like this sort of archetype of like right a a person who isn't doing what they need to be doing to like all of her friends partners and then we've got Mm -hmm. like we've got we've got her and then we've got Deidre who's played by Monique and her and her um her partner was underutilized I wanted to see who was underutilized in the movie absolutely I think Mm -hmm. the girlfriends were underutilized I think I agree I wanted to see a lot we could have gotten I think 15 yeah we could have gotten at least 15 20 more minutes of this movie was came in at like a right around an hour 30 I think we Mm -hmm. could have gotten about 15 minutes um extra I just like I would have watched two hours of this movie had we spent more time with the girls because I wanted to know what their motivations were for a lot of the decisions that they made. And that like, wasn't something we spent time on. And I know that the main relationship that we're focusing on is Shantae and and Keith Keith, and that's fine. But 
I cared less sort of about like the interactions between um, Tony and Keith than I did but uh, on the interactions. But I know they're important to move. No, 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 for sure. Or whatever. But like I wanted, maybe it's just like my personality. I'm so much more interested in the friendships of these women. Women. Than, yeah. I mean, I think also we get so much of Keith and we get so much of Tony because what we discover fairly early in the movie, like, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the movie starts with sort of like Shantae letting us know. And also another thing that I thought was really funny that I read was um, Vivica didn't like completely understand this idea of breaking the fourth wall, which is a huge part I of this movie. I hated it. I have oh, to did say, you? I hated it. Yes. Oh, I love it. I- I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? I hated it because I remember specifically they did this in like the first season of Sex in the City. And I was like, I hate this. It's cringy. I wanted to stop. And they stopped doing it. And I was grateful for that. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just to get us all the exposition we need. And then it's going to stop. It didn't stop. It gets you Oh, I love movie. it. It's I one of my... It. Well, it's one of my favorite ones. Well, it's interesting because Vivica didn't understand it at first. And she said that the director was like... He was like, you need to go watch, go watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off so that you will understand, like, the power that we want you to have as far as driving the story. He right. was really inspired by Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was really inspired by the Michael um, Caine film, Alfie. He, like, he mm. wanted her to be, like, the person in the driver's seat of this story. And she said that once she went home and she watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that she said, I had this light bulb moment. And I instantly understood, like, what he wanted me to do with this power to sort of like, and I love it. It's like one of my favorite things about it. Cause it's one of the like unique and special things about the film. And I love it too. I don't too. know why. I just like, uh, for me, when movies or TV shows do this, I feel like I'm pulled out of it. And I think really? like, and I spend a lot of time thinking like, who are you talking to? And do other people know this and what is this for and it's clear like throughout the movie that like she has these moments where she talks to the she breaks the fourth wall and she talks to the camera and she'll be in the middle of a conversation with someone else and they won't know that she's doing it Mm -hmm. and so i'm confused about like who i am in relation to her while watching this movie and i'm confused about what her special powers are that she can talk to me while talking to I mean, someone it's the, else. I mean, it's the Zach Morris effect. Like it's I know, like, and I always pulls me out of it. <laughs> see, and I think what I liked about it was Shantae is sort of presented to us as this woman who has it all together. She's got this incredible job. She's beautiful. She has this incredible mm-hmm. wardrobe, um, Jaguar, like this gorgeous home. Like she's got all of the boxes are like checked in that department. And I and she's so like poised and like mm-hmm. elegant and in control. And I love the moments where it's utilized to show us what's going on underneath the surface and to sort of let us into those moments of discomfort or when she's sort of knocked off of like her game. That's one of that's one yes. of the times when I think that it is like the best device. And I also love that it's like, yeah, she could show us what she's doing. I mean, I mean, I guess you need the moments of her looking or of her being like, rule number two. This is how we handle this moment. Like, there's no way to really channel those, I guess, without like a without a fourth wall, where she right. sort of gives these directives to the audience, or she clues you in on the move that she's about to make and why. 
to let you like I mean and that be, I do enjoy. You could you could do it in a different way, of course, but yeah. like you could she could the whole movie could be her telling the story to like her therapist or something like that. Or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like there there's a way for the her narration to, yeah. or a voiceover or whatever. Like to me that is easier for me to swallow than people speaking directly to me. And I think it's just a preference. It's like, probably also because I'm a theater actor and like yeah. this is a theatrical trope that is that is used like often in in plays so it's and not like something it, there's that's no compl- better way to get into a character's head absolutely and know exactly how they're feeling but also totally. i mean the fact that it like you know it's better than it not like really i guess pulling at you either way you're not indifferent which is good you know you hate yeah, it yeah, yeah. so like i mean that is <laughs> no i think that that's a win too that you're not just like eh, whatever like because yeah. i i like it but also i've seen this movie so many times that i'm so used to it that mm-hmm. it's like you know, it, it's interesting how it changes, though. It's interesting how, in the beginning of the movie, Shantae's talking to us about her life and about how she's got it all together and about mm-hmm. how she's basically, like, the one who sort of, like, supports her friends. I also think it's really funny in the conversations with the women. One thing that's really interesting to me and I would have loved to learn more about as we were talking about sort of, like, getting an understanding of the female characters, it's really interesting the moments, and there are these moments in the movie that I would love to explore more where Deirdre, um, the Mon- play- character played by Monique, challenges Shantae and there are these moments where Karen sort of as uh, Winnie Raquel Robinson's character serves as like this like talking head on Shantae's behalf to sort of like Mm -hmm. explain like the genius of Shantae's system for like dealing with misbehaved men like Mm -hmm. there's this way that like Karen sort of like play not even referee because I don't I don't get the sense ever from Shantae that Karen's she is not, Karen's not a referee she's a student of she's Shantae. a she's yes you're right that's actually yeah. correct she's a student she's a student of Shantae but it's funny because I don't ever get the feeling from Shantae that she feels off her game by being challenged by Deirdre but Deirdre I think at times is skeptical of the effectiveness of Shantae's system and it'd be interesting because Shantae hides so much um in the moments where things don't go her way, mm-hmm. when it's when the, when it starts to get away from her, which is largely due to Tony's impact on like helping Keith strategize. Tony, by the way, is uh, played by um, Anthony Anderson of Blackish fame and so many other things. He's really great in this movie. Um, he's and great in everything. He's great in everything, and he really, I think, serves as like a perfect foil to like a Morris Chestnut who plays the Keith Fenton role. Um, Absolutely. They have a really nice, like, interplay. And it seems like he really does, like, loosen up Morris Chestnut, who often plays, like, these very, like, stoic, like, dignified men. It's nice to see him sort of, like, off kilter a little bit and knocked off his game by He gets him, like, hyped up, you know Oh, yeah, he does. And I feel like there's also... This is one of those things which I, I, I am an actor, so, like, I know. But I think other people are aware of it, too. You can tell, too, that there's a lot of improvisation with Monique mm-hmm. in particular and with Anthony with Anderson, Anthony you Anderson. can tell Absolutely. by the actors around them, the, their reactions. And you can just tell, it's just something about sometimes when you're watching somebody and you're like, that was improv. That like, I like I know that was improv. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of those moments with Anthony Anderson in his one-on-one scenes with Morris Chestnut's character where you can see that he's just been given the freedom to play jazz. And yeah. I think those are some of the best moments in the film. It mm-hmm. also speaks to probably, like, the work that Anthony Anderson as an, as an artist had done to, like, get into the mind of this character or his understanding of him and the way that he worked. To be, You have to have that foundational tool to be able to improv and to volley in that way. And I Absolutely. think it comes through in a really, like, wonderful way at times this movie. Um, it, like, I mean, this is a 
Battle of the Sexist film. I mean, this is like a film that yes. falls in line with like uh, How to Lose a Guy um, totally. in 10 Days type vibe as far as like a person who Absolutely. thinks they have it figured out and over the course of the movie they discover that like they're gonna get knocked on their ass they're gonna get knocked on their head and none of the rules apply um but that's yeah. a journey you have to go on because there are like there are so many things in this movie i love this film but there are so many like tropes that you're just like uh like stop it or and there are I, times where well, you're also like shantae that's like messy like that's unnecessarily messy girl like there are a lot yeah. of those moments or you're like you sorry jane you talk no, 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 that's okay. I was just going to say, like, the whole premise of the movie is against everything I believe in in terms of functioning within a well, um, you know, uh, uh, in, within a good, you know, a good relationship, yes. obviously. It's about literally playing games so that you can get what It's you all want a game. I mean, it's in the your... title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all a game. And it's li- about literally playing games so you can get what you want from your partner without just it's sitting training, down It's training your partner. <laughs> it is literally Shantae, at least in the beginning of the film. I mean, and she goes on her own journey, obviously. That's the point of the film. But, like, in the beginning of the film, it is, like... It is about Shantae training her man to behave. And what's really funny is that, like, it's never 100%, like, which I've never thought about before watching this movie, but it's never made 100% clear what Keith is doing with this woman at this at this place. I do think that several things are interesting. One is, you know, Shantae, towards the beginning of the film, she calls Keith... Or Keith calls her. They're supposed to have a date. He says, I can't. I'm working late. Shantae and her friends decide to go to their favorite spot, which happens to also be the club that we find out later on where Shantae and Keith met for the first time. Uh, which is so funny that also that they go to this, that that um, Keith and who is it um, who goes with him to the club? I think um, her name was Allison, right? I can't Are you talking about the woman that he works with? Yeah, that he like is caught with. Yeah, I think her name is Allison. She's the woman who works with Keith, who Shantae shows up at this club with her friends after he cancels because she's like, okay, whatever. Like, we'll go out. He said he's working late. What Shantae has also already told us earlier in the film is a sign that your man is cheating on you. Him saying that he's working late. So then when she's faced with it, she sort of has to, you know, make a decision about whether or not she's going to believe him or not. And And initially she does believe him and she takes him, you know... For his word, when he says, mm-hmm. I'm working late, and then stumbles into him on the dance floor at the club with her friends, who are the ones who actually point him out. Um, right, they're like, isn't that Keith over there? And she's like, she ha- she this moment that I actually found, like, really, I mean, it's a comedy movie, obviously, but I found, like, this moment sort of heartbreaking when she, like, sees that it's him, puts on a poker face for her friends, and then she turns to the camera at some point and she's like, look, you can't tell your friends everything. Like, you have to keep some of this close to the chest because, like, you don't want their input and blah, blah, blah. But what she's really saying to me as, like, as the viewer, I feel like she's being like, I am embarrassed about this happening. And I can't tell my friend. I can't show a crack in my facade to my friends because I want them to think that I'm entirely in control of this whole scenario, which of course she isn't. And you can't be and nobody can be, but I think she has this sense of like, you know, feeling the need to be like the one in the group who like has all the answers, who knows all of, you know, who knows how to help guide her friends through these difficult situations, but doesn't know 
you know, and but doesn't want them to see her in a you know a situation that she doesn't know how to handle. Yeah, I agree. I think that you're like I think that you're one hundred. Um, I think that you're one hundred percent right. I think also it speaks to sort of like sometimes when you're that friend in the friend group, also you do like and people do expect that of you, and you like. Right. You almost, it's like you don't want them to feel like the emperor has no clothes. Like, you want to be the thing that they need you to be. And, like, when people take on the role of, like, providing that kind of labor, you know, then it can make you feel like you have to be able to sort of, like, rally in a way that other people can. I mean, we see it, you know, it's something that often women do just in the world in general. Like, Mm -hmm. women in business, mothers do it a lot. Like... It is that thing of, like, it's never your moment, too. And I think it also speaks to, like, a, a fear of being truly vulnerable, which is really a big part of her journey. Um, and totally. I think that Deirdre, actually, and this is one of the things I think could be useful, is I think Deirdre sees it in a way that the other women don't. That Trace I agree. and Karen don't. You get these... She... There are these yeah. moments with Sorry. her eye where you see... No, no, you're right. You're, you're right. There are these moments where you see her... You see, like, a look on her face... After Karen sort of, you know, spent, you know, however long explaining to Deirdre, you know, but Shantae's got it together and Shantae's system is foolproof and blah, blah, blah. And then you see Deirdre sort of like, uh-huh. You see, I, I, I think Deirdre is so much more wise than her screen time allows. Mm-hmm. Because, I like, I do think that she is a person who really obviously respects Shantae, but also understands that, like, not not one person can have, like, a perfect scenario. You, yeah, yeah. And something, sometimes things are just happening, and you can't be in control of them. That seems to be a lesson that Deirdre knows and understands, that she doesn't necessarily think that Shantae has full grasp of even though she has this exterior like i've got it you know i also think that there are these moments later on in the movie where it all unravels in front of her friends and she Mm -hmm. has no choice but to be vulnerable and and Mm -hmm. despite what she says it is clear when you see her friends that they are really like understanding the situation in a way that is more truthful than like what shantae would have them like that moment with the with keith and connie towards the end where Shantae, because essentially Shantae catches him and out with this other girl, which is, I mean, he did say he had to work and he, he, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I was just going to say in the beginning, he says to her, you know, he did say I have to work. And then the next thing she sees is him dancing on a dance floor with another woman. Mm -hmm. And it is puzzling and it is like, okay, what's going on. And then this is where, this is where the movie starts in terms of like, what will be largely like the, the dominant theme of the movie, which is, rules and working within these rules to achieve like um to achieve you know a desired effect and like Shantae uh the rules get the rules at one point in the movie I was like I was trying to track the rules um I noted some of like the uh, did you write them all down Jane did you I know I tried to Google. I was hoping that someone had made a list online. They didn't. I know. Me too. Shantae's rules and I couldn't find anything. I could only find... Someone did the 10-day plan. I found that. But I wanted someone to take, like... And I, you know, I did this too late, obviously. Had I, like, had the time, I would have gone back and watched the movie and written down the rules. But I didn't think about it until, you know, like a couple hours before we started recording. So I don't have them, but I do 
think um, someone on the internet should do that because I do want to unpack the rules. They're wild. They're I insane. have I have some I have some of the rules written down. Um, okay. And like the Oops. first rule that Shante that Shante. Um, I will say also what I realized this time watching the movie is that I, I do enjoy it and I will watch it a million more times and it makes yeah. me laugh and it makes me happy. And I think, I don't know if Vivica Fox has ever been more beautiful than she is in this film. She oh my is, God, she's absolutely she's, gorgeous. She's, she's, she's stunning now, but she's just, this movie, she is so, she's so, which is funny because also in the interview she said one of her favorite things about this movie was she said the lighting, the man who did the lighting on this movie, she said, I've okay. never had a person who's lit me as well as he as well as he did on this film and like seeing it back her. it was like, was like what oh, a, I, that's I such a that. i love that too and i love that she was like that was it you know and that that's why like and that's why the divas that's why that's why the girls they pick their lighting person and they bring yes. their lighting person with them to every project if you if you know what you're doing with those lights then you can keep working for a Beyonce or a Madonna or a Cher like they I will bring had, you with them i had no idea how important lighting was I I mean I have recently just because first of all I hate taking selfies and I always just look like a cautionary tale. You do not. You're like Uh, literally model esque. (laughs) I feel like I take photos of myself sometimes. I'm like, but one thing I did notice over the pandemic was like I only wanted I only want natural light. That's all I want. I always all I want. That's the best. And when I I would take a photo inside and it was like a grit and it was like a grisly like, you know, warning um about, you know, living your life right. And then I would go outside and I'd go into the sunshine and like take the same photo and it was just like game changer. You're like fucking glowing. I'm like, this is it right now. This is I get why they call it the golden hour. Um but (laughs) the rule number one that I wrote down was never panic. Act like it doesn't concern you one bit, which is the rule that she gives us. Also, Shantae has rules and Shantae has cardinal rules. And that's what got me a little bit because she goes back and forth between them. This did. And I get now I also get why um, the director of this film fought so hard to have Vivica play this part, because you needed mm-hmm. a, you needed an actress like Vivica to deliver this with this type of authority and clarity because it's a lot of information. And, and also it's, several it's a of lot of information it, and it's wild. It's because... wild information, but she gets you because she delivers it with such authority that you sometimes are just like, yeah, girl, I trust you. I'm on this yeah. ride because it's no, Vivica Fox telling she... it to you. Exactly. Vivica Fox is a very, like, she's an authority to me yes. because I think, like, she's so much, She she's been a household name my whole life probably mm-hmm. and so like when she and she has just a way of speaking that is grounded and confident and it makes me feel like what she's telling me is going to make my life better which yeah. is why it works even though she's saying the most ridiculous fucking things in this movie <laughs> and i low-key now after reading the interview it's like she knew she was saying she knew it like vivica yeah. the actress knew that it was wild but she also was like of i'm an actress I'm here to do this. I'm going to make it work. And she does. Mm-hmm. Gotta love her. Um, she does. But I think it's, 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 it is, it's that battle of the sexes thing that was so popular, you know, in the oh, 80s for sure. and 90s and, and, you know, up until now you couldn't make the movie that the, you couldn't make this movie today with the same premise and the same, you know what I mean? It would be absolutely torn apart, but there's the fact that it is from this time that I'm able to like sit there and watch it and like enjoy it. If someone tried to make this movie now with these rules, I would I would be like this is irresponsible. 
but this is also in response to a lot of the movies that were being made and a lot of the movies Mm -hmm. that were being made especially at this time in the 90s and even in the 80s the men even in these romantic comedies the men were exhibiting a lot of toxic behavior and the women were not fully formed characters and i feel like one of the things that this movie was after was giving us like this beautiful accomplished black woman who Mm -hmm. like who had it together and like this was the one area that she wasn't 100% in she didn't 100% have it together and she's in the driver's seat of the narrative in a way yes. that I feel like so it's like there are times where like you feel kind of bad for Keith because you're like oh yes I understand why Keith like at the end of the movie in order to to piss um Shantae off and also just to like try to figure out like try to beat her at her own game and i think there's a part of him that was like well you know i'm this is me moving on too if this isn't gonna work out he brings connie uh, played by gabrielle union to the party and i was like i understand why you're doing that i would probably do the same thing like that to me it makes sense given all of the shit that all of the fucking game playing that's going on like it I get also that. Also, something that was really, that I really stuck out to me, and it's nerdy and it's actory of me. I, I really love Gabrielle Union, and she's just another, like, she's very, amazing. like, she's a really, she's one who hasn't really, I don't still don't think Gabrielle Union's really been given her, like, real moment yet in terms of, like, film. Like, no. I think she's got, like, a lot of more to give. Um, But, yeah, so, anyway, I, in one of the, in, the interview, though, the same interview, there was this thing that we used to call, it was called Luxurious Primitive Animal. And it was, like, a performance movement technique that, like, is utilized sometimes, like, in performance to, like, help you inhabit, like, a character. And it it, it calls upon you to think about building a character um, almost similar to um, to Exquisite Corpse, which is that game where you fold a piece of paper into, like, three or four pieces, uh, head, torso, like, uh, it's, like, head, torso, like... Uh, and then legs and maybe feet or maybe three maybe like head mid body and then like legs whatever but it's like you can play it with friends casually we used to do it in school and the, and everybody's building it mad lib style where you can't see what the other people are doing around yeah, you and then you unfold it and you see what it is but luxurious primitive animal sort of like in a way is it's a way of thinking about that as far as like creating these these parts of your actor body that you can utilize once you go into the space. And it's not anything that's visually legible to the audience, but it is a way for you to think about moving through a space. Like I worked on it with a character that I played that was a really sly sort of mischievous character. And I gave him, um, and I gave him uh, a tail and then, and so, and that helped me like figure out like his gait and the way that he like walked and like the space that he took up and the space that he sort of took up, not just in terms of like his body, but the orb sort of around him, like his, the expansiveness of him. Um, so you, so in order to like get deeper into him, you created his like walk based on what it would be like if he had a tail. Is that right? I thought about like, I thought about almost like him in like these superhero terms in a way. Cause that's what you're thinking. Sometimes as a character, I've had a character that I've given wings before and that helped me sort of unlock like, um, a buoyancy that I, that I found in him, these wings sort of helping him sort of like, why are you laughing? Cause it's so actory. <laughs> it is. It's very actory. And it's like, and you, it's go, like, and, and you don't do I it like, 
at rehearsal. I, you do it like in like the lab. You do it like separately on your own, <laughs> but it's like a technique, and it is like it's not always effective, but sometimes I'm it sure is it's a, incredible. It's just but sometimes it, it's effective. It's so funny. It's amazing. Jane hates it's it like... when I talk about this kind of actress stuff because she she just like it's so ridiculous. But all of that to say, that actually, Gabrielle... I don't hate it. I love it because it's Ugh, so for shady wild. reasons. Um, but it's like another tool that you can sort of play around with, and like one of the things right. that Gabrielle Union said, which reminded me of it, is she talked about Connie Spaulding and she talked about her ponytail and she said her yes. ponytail she's like her ponytail is her secret weapon she said it's mm-hmm. it's her weapon and she can it's it she can swish it around it's like her sword and she uses mm-hmm. it to like take people down and she said you know that's not her real hair so when she gets home at night she takes it off and she sits it on like the nightstand or whatever but when mm-hmm. she's out in the world it's her armor it's something that she can put on totally. and it helps and i was like you know what i was like i like i, rem- I was like luxurious primitive animal like it's a way of thinking about mm-hmm. you know the extensions of of our like actor bodies like to to go into a space and to like make the space for yourself and it's protection in a way too it's like it's totally it's, it's like I a cloak that like, you can don and i thought that's... that was really interesting that's such a human experience too. Like, we could have had more Connie also in this movie, by the way. Oh, what well, I wanted ten times more Connie. I first of all, like I, I'm sure we all have the experience of loving Gabrielle Union. The fact that yeah, she's great. She doesn't age. She no. literally has looked the same forever, yes. and she's like almost fifty, right? Like I don't. She know. looks. She looks in incredible. I can't. It's. I, I. It's. It's unbelievable, and I celebrate that for her, and try not to slip into jealousy. But um, you know, I'm no. I'm it's human it's, being it's and, easy with her. Yeah, um, and like, I mean, she is so good in everything that she does. She's really good in this movie, and like, I want to see more of her in it and I do agree that I would love to see like her some movie about her with just so much of her like someone needs to do that I don't know what it is I don't know what she wants to do but I feel like she would eat some shit up and get nominated for an Oscar yeah I 100% agree like I think that's in her I do too I um I'm gonna I'm gonna dive I want that for her too I'm gonna dive into the rules really quick because we started on and I I got us off track no I got us off track no, 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 go ahead. So rule number one was never panic. Act like it doesn't concern you one bit. And this is the rule that Shantae and like tells us about the moment that she sees Keith out on the dance floor with Alice and his coworker. And she mm-hmm. approaches them, and this is a really funny scene to me. Um, yeah. she, she, she goes to the bathroom. She punches the air a little bit. Um, and then she collects herself, and she goes out, and she walks up to him, and she's like, hey, boy, how you doing? And then she looks at her, and she's like, oh, my God, DKNY, loving it. And then she says, okay, talk to you later, bye. And she walks off. And like... Which is so much more effective than what I would do. Oh my God, yeah. What Jane, what you like, you crying and walking up and being like, what the fuck are you doing? I'd be like, oh, you wanted to hurt me? You wanted to fucking hurt me? Mission accomplished. (laughs) Um, Well done! (laughs) So this happens. And then we see the beginning of a deviation from her plan because she she lets all her girls go home. She doesn't tell them about it. Um, and then she says, first thing you do when you get home is check the answering machine. Not a thing anymore. But first thing you do, check the answering machine. It's not that he doesn't care. He just hasn't figured out an approach yet. If he hasn't left a message, that's what she says. Um, mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. And then uh, later, shortly after this, she introduces us to cardinal rule number one, which is do not call him. And she says, whoever calls first loses ground. I would and, be so bad at this because I would just obsessively call the person. Well, I'm not. I wouldn't. Now that I wouldn't do. I'm not calling you if I saw you out doing whatever I'm, on the on the on the dance floor with somebody. I'm, 
I'm Shantae's gonna... not wrong. Here's the thing. Shantae's not she's, wrong about this situation. She's not wrong, but I'm a person who needs a confrontation. I, I yeah. Oh, so I know. this is this oh. whole Lord, plan do would I not know. work for me. <laughs> um, this whole plan would not work for me because I would just immediately be like Dave just hey. said Brandon would be great at this game. <laughs> and he said he said wronger yep. things. I will yeah. say that. No, I um, you would be so good at this and I would be so fucking bad at this. Because you have what I've never had, which is you have patience. You can wait. You can wait people out. I cannot do that. I have to do it right now. I have to have the conversation right now. And see, I'm see, and I'm the opposite of Jane. I'm the type that's like, first of all, I cannot talk to you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, and if you don't reach out to me at a certain point, baby, you might as well send me an obituary <laughs> because you will, because your number will never great. Your number will never go glow on my phone. No nope. block. You won't break my soul. So <laughs> that so I'm just like I don't need it. Um, but she says, "Do not call him. Whoever calls first loses ground." Um, which is like if if he did something in, if he did something like you walked in on him and he was out dancing with somebody and it's like yeah I get that like you went out with your coworkers and it was, which is what he explains and then we ended up going out for to get something to eat and then we ended up dancing. I do think that like that's a choice. Like we ate our we yeah. ate our burgers. Oh, I'm good. I'm gonna get out of here. Like it's absolutely you... a choice, and it's and they're kind of like they're kind of like it's they're they're kind of like not bumping and grinding, but like they're dancing in a way that is not necessarily what I would say appropriate for co for like a work colleague. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's a it's a bit much. And then she also says the next day she gets to work. He didn't call the night before, which she's a little bit surprised by, but it's not to worry too much. And then she says the next day he'll call today. And she says if he doesn't call today, then he's not worth your time anyway. Um. And then he she gets to work and he calls. And when he does, she says never take the first call. Everything must be done on your time. Make him wait. Discuss. And then when he she and she makes him wait, her her assistant tells him call back in ten minutes. And then she's sitting there looking at the clock and she says if he doesn't call back in exactly 10 minutes then you are in another meeting and he calls back in exactly 10 minutes and she says discuss nothing over the phone be brief just listen which i also do i do think and i've i do think that you learn so much more from just listening to people and i, I do 1000 percent agree with that just i let think them... that's 100 percent true and i wish that i could do that <laughs> <laughs> And then she says, if he tries to take if he tries to take his time to fill you to fill you out, rush him off the phone. So she lets him talk a little bit. He starts and then she says she feels like he's trying to fill her out a little bit. And then she says, Sweet, I have to go into another meeting. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Ciao. And they set up a dinner for that night. And then she says, Arrive fifteen minutes late and keep him waiting. Waiting builds anxiety and that's a good thing. Um and so then she shows up. And then as he's explaining to her what happened and how he ended up on the dance floor and the meeting that turned into a dinner that turned into them, like, dancing, um, she says, no matter what he says, it doesn't make a difference because he should know better. <laughs> and, then she's, and then she breaks it off with him. This was, like, this is a moment where it is a little wild because it's, like, and because her next rule is rule num- this is rule is break up with him before he breaks up with you. And it was interesting to me because it was, like, I had, like, I don't know why we thought that that was a thing that was going to happen. There was no indication that Keith was going to break up with her unless that's a deep-seated sort of insecurity about Shantae. This is is where I think it takes a turn. Yes. Because this is where I think she makes her first mistake. Well, although 
not to say that like I would handle this way. I would definitely handle the whole thing differently, of course, but um, we're different people. But I think, and also this is a character, not a person. Um, but I think the first mistake that she makes is when she's finally coming. So she does say something when she enters the restaurant before they sit down and have a talk. And then she eventually ends up breaking up with him. She says, be polite and charming. This confuses them. And I thought, I don't understand why you want him to be confused. That's one of the things that I don't understand how that serves her in any way. And then the second thing was her breaking up with him without actually giving him the, the conversation that, or having the conversation that the two of them should be having, which is like, hey, you, you hurt me. You hurt me. Yeah, like this or, is all or I'm having difficult difficulty knowing. I thought we were in a different place in our relationship than we are, and I feel like we need to spend some time figuring it out. And to be fair, she doesn't break it off. She says, "Let's take a break," is what she says, which is which is breaking it, which thing. is breaking up. But it also is. There's also there's. I feel like let's take a break. There's still some space there. Um, but then, but then she follows it up with break up with him. Before no, he you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, and and this is also the beginning of Tony. Anthony Anderson's character sort of beginning to like play an active role in helping Keith because shortly yeah. after this we get we get the moment we have several days where she says you're really you're just enjoying yourself with your girlfriends having a really great time he's going through it and we get like this montage of her out with her girlfriends having great having a great time <laughs> and Keith in the corner and his friends I love I always love straight male culture which is like watching football games and yelling at the TV and everybody's in like I know. beiges and grays and it's like don't I don't invite me to that um, no, and it's it just like, looks bleak, oh, and the girls are out like trying on clothes and drinking champagne, like, and it's like, yeah. why would I ever want to do the I other thing? I would much rather go to the other thing. <laughs> uh, so they're all doing that; they're performing masculinity for us. And um, then he comes over to her apartment. He goes, I'm sorry, her apartment, her mansion. He comes over to Shantae lives in a mansion, by the way. By the way, and she lives by herself. And I'm like, how many bedrooms does this bitch have? Because there is literally like. It's one of the biggest houses I've well, it's I don't so know, big. I've ever seen. It's just so big for it's a one large home. person. And does she sleep in a different room every night? Like <laughs> I mean, you might as well, right? Just sort might of like well. hot potato around. Yeah. And he shows up at her house unannounced and Shantae isn't planning and this is the beginning of sort of like the back and forth. He shows up at her house unannounced, looking really good. He is wearing 1990s leather pants, but it's Morse chestnut and he could be wearing he anything could... or nothing and it does not Matter. It does not matter. He literally, every time, every time we watch a movie with him, Tara and I are just like, he is so, we just spend most of the time being like, he is so hot. He is so hot. He is so hot. It's, it's hard upsetting. not to. He's so fine. Morris Chestnut is so gorgeous. And he still is. He looks the exact same. He looks exactly <sighs> the same. And I wonder, like, I, I, I've never heard anything bad about him. No, 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 the, no, the opposite. Morris Chestnut yeah. is like a family man and he's been a family man since like the nineties. He's been married like 30 years to the same woman. He's got like, I think they have two kids. His daughter is a model, I think. Of course um, she is. Why, and so it's like, like yeah. And she looks she like Morris Chestnut's daughter. So spoiler alert, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but he shows up at Shantae's house in this scene. He starts a fight with her, knocking her off the, off of her sort of like pedestal. And, mm -hmm. like, creating, like, the beginning of, like, this sort of equilibrium between them because he has left her in the position of, you know, he's going into her space. She's the vulnerable one because she wasn't expecting him. 
mm-hmm. came in. She and as all that we've seen of Shanti up to this point is like a very sort of like poised and together woman. And like she's she's now she's being, you know, she is sort of being invited into this fight that she takes the bait and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. So now she's the one who is like in that position. So it's the beginning of her understanding that like something else is going on. And then we get like, you know, Tony explaining to Keith that he successfully flipped the script. And then Shantae is now not doing so hot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get a moment of her like sad in her bathroom and she's like, day five is a, day five is a tough one. Um, and so she's going through it. And um, and then we, I, I want to talk about day six, which is she goes on, a, she, she's like, goes on dates with like several different people. <laughs> So like, many you, you, this is one day, girl. You book like six dates and it's at the same back. restaurant at the same table. You're like speed dating on your own. I was like, logistically, I don't understand how this works. And you know, and also, you know, these men are duds. Also, Shante, why are you even course. doing this? I know. Like, what a waste of your time. It's and like so Logistically, I just don't understand how that's one day. Yeah, it's not. Okay. Um, there's also a moment where um, you're back in town. I'll, I'll let you have that. There's a Thank moment you. also where the girls are out like shopping and mm-hmm. several funny things happen. So Vivica, first of all, Karen, like who has been using the 10 day method that Vivica mentions early in the movie and mm-hmm. is taking us through. She, Karen has successfully used the 10 day method and she has gotten Michael to propose to her. And so she Bobby flashes. Brown. They're in the Bobby. middle. Bobby. They're in the middle of like going up an escalator in the mall. And she's like, oh. Bam! And it's like, you guys look like you've been together for hours. Um, I know. Nobody's As noticed if... that massive rock on your finger? Because you're, like, in the <laughs> middle of, like, activity right now. It was um, the weirdest place to do it. I remember it was about that, too. Place. I was like, I would feel like maybe you walk into, like, lunch, and you're like, so guess what, girls? And then you show the ring. It's not like, oh, I forgot. After we've been shopping for 45 minutes to an hour, and we have all yeah. these bags, like, yeah, yeah. let me show you my ring. Let me show you my so ring. Weird. Unless she, like, had it in her pocket or something, and then she slipped it on. So yeah. so that. And then Vivica tells us, because she's preparing to go over and to, to hit Keith with the one, two. So she goes, she says, you must, there's so things you must do she says so on day seven there are a few things that you must do Mm. and one of those things she says is pay a visit to victoria's secret i love that it's not just get sexy lingerie i love that it's victoria's secret well i'm sure you know it's so you know it's 2000 baby um and you know they're getting money from victoria's secret i'm sure because i also i feel like shantae is a little perla girl and not uh not a Victoria's, uh, Victoria's Secret. Secret did sound like slumming it a little bit for her. For her in this mansion. In this in... mansion. And she's like maybe one, I mean, very wealthy wearing what was all that, designer what was that, shit. What was that awful fragrance that every girl at school drowned themselves in? They wore it to school. It was off from Victoria's Secret. Oh, I never. Love Spell. Love Spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's what God. it was. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hated that shit. And then um, she takes a long, she says, you know, you got to take a long bubble bath. And then she says, you've got to pull out that dress that hugs the body and accentuates the curves. Every woman mm-hmm. is beautiful and has something that works for them. And so, you know, that's when she pulls out her Dior and she goes I did over. actually appreciate that line that she said, which I think was like a little bit, um, 
you know, a little bit progressive in 2001 where she oh, was Oh, for like, sure. For her to, like, for her to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that, like, this isn't specific to a certain type. Also, it's not specific to a certain type of woman because there's, for every every person out there, there is there is somebody who wants to be with you. And there's somebody who finds you um, attractive and desirable. And yeah. so, and sexy as hell. So, like, yeah. absolutely, big ups to them. Because you're right, because in 2000... You don't expect that. Um, exactly. So, yeah. And then she puts, so she goes over, she leaves, she starts something up with him under the guy. She goes over looking stunning to drop mm-hmm. off a box of his stuff. You know that game. It's just like... um, <laughs> And then she's like making out with him and she's like, I gotta go, no. And she like slips out in her, in her dress. And it's just the game's continuing. And also, <laughs> the game has become movie, sexual. It's sexual. And like... also, I'm going to leave you wanting more. Your balls are going to be blue as the fucking sky. Also, she mentions the flunky and the PR, which I also thought was really funny. That happened earlier in the film. She mentions that you need to, like, in order to put your game into pre- into play, you need a flunky and a PR. These are two people you oh, need to... Oh, yeah, the, the church at, thing. She's yeah, yeah. at church. Which she's only gone to church, by the way, it seems like, to stir this shit pot. No, she's, she's like, not, like... She's not going for her soul. No, she went to church because she wanted to see, she knows one of Keith's friends or associates goes to her church. So she wanted him to see her like hugging another man. She just hugs him, but she Mm -hmm. hugs him for, she says, a little bit longer than you typically hug a friend. And then he watches it and then he goes and he reports to Tony, as she mentions also in the movie, and this is true, by the way, she says that men are bigger gossips than women and it is 1000% true. Um, Like... Everyone gossips. Everyone loves to gossip. People who pretend they don't like to gossip. Nobody loves gossip as much as my straight male friends, though. (laughs) My straight male friends love getting tea, and they love giving it. And that has always been the case. Like, like their eyes perk up. They want to know it just like everybody else does. Let me tell you. And that is true across the board. They sit down and their ears perk up. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that's actually very, very true. They want to know what's going on. And they love telling you shit, too. They love Mm -hmm. being like, yeah, well, I was talking to so-and-so. And and guess what her her husband did? Blah, 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 blah. They love it. And I'm I'm like, okay, give it up. But yeah, that's something that I learned early on. Because you're made to feel when you're growing up like it is a feminine thing to gossip. And that is just Mm -hmm. not true. That's not true. It's absolutely not true. And it's shitty. Because it, like... It makes, I mean, it just adds to the stereotype that, like, women are catty and gossipy and, you know, hateful and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, sweetie, everyone is. (laughs) So. (laughs) You don't have, you don't have a corner on that market. Um, So we get, like, so we get that moment, too. And then that sort of is what what sends Keith down his initial spiral before he goes over to her place and throws her off her game. But then we've got, like, Shantae continuing the game. And it's the back and forth with him. And, and I, it's funny because the way that Keith is sort of painted as a character, it's like if he didn't have Tony, he would have just fallen right into her game. But, 100%. But the thing, too, is that if he had fallen right into her game, then she would have never learned her lesson. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing is that Keith needed to learn a lesson in regards to, and I don't mean lesson in, like, a malicious sense, but I just mean, like, he needed to grow. And he needed to understand that, like, you can't behave that way and you yeah. can't do things and you can't lie to your partner about, like, your comings and goings and that's unfair to them. And like Shantae, I think think needed to learn a lesson about like vulnerability and about like standing in your truth and about letting go, like actually truly being vulnerable, which Mm -hmm. like she had to go on this full journey to get to that point and kind of, I don't want to use the word humble, but 
No, there was a humbling that needed. There was to a humbling there. though, because the thing is, and and I think it's actually a nice tra- uh, transformation where she comes off like you understand why she is so confident. Like you get it, she has achieved so much in her twenty eight years of life, and like no shade. Um, <laughs> It's interesting, though, that Viv, Viv poured over that script. There was a lot of things she didn't like, and they tweaked them. So it's interesting that, um, that Miss Fox didn't, um, didn't go back to the director and say, hey, there's something I want us to maybe adjust. Honey, um, if someone told me I could pass for 28, I would be telling everybody I was 28. Nobody told you that, oh, though, right? I get it. Shut up, bitch. I'm just asking. I don't know. <laughs> um, Actually, someone did recently tell Who? me that I could... A coworker told me name that she didn't say I'm not. You know we don't name names on this podcast. Oh, but okay. A coworker did tell me she was like, you know, I thought you were in your late twenties, and I was like, oh my god, put it in writing, and put it on the internet. And actually, I was just like, you probably just think that because I'm so immature. But- is this a person who you have? <laughs> is this a person who you who you wield any power over? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. This is a person. You know we're, we're on different teams. We great. barely interact. Great, great, great. great. don't manage this person. I have nothing to do with them, really, other than, you know, we're just work chums. Okay, so, cool. I'll, I celebrate you, and I let you, and you, you I love the Thank you for, for you. the for the first fucking time. Thank um, you. The other thing that's really funny in this film is there's a moment where the girls go out for, um, for lunch. Trying to make a point about something, I don't remember what it was. Whatever. We were just talking about looking. Were we talking about looking? Yeah, but before that, I was saying something about in her twenty-eight years. Oh, she needed to be humbled. Her transformation is interesting because I think she has clearly to get where she is when she was twenty-eight years old. She has to have won constantly like probably not had a ton of failure in her life Mm -hmm. i mean not to say that it was easy to get where she is of course not i don't mean that but i mean when you are that accomplished at such a young age you have a ton of confidence that usually the choices you make are the right ones and i think she needed to hear and to see how manipulating someone into learning the lesson you want them to learn is not the same thing as being you know it is it can totally backfire and end up hurting you more when really the the lesson here is just having been vulnerable and saying i was hurt by what you did and here's why (laughs) you know and you miss out on and you miss out on those growth opportunities to grow with the person to grow together like and to learn together so for sure Um, I was going to bring up there, there, there's a moment where the four, where her and her four besties go out to lunch and, and like, it seems like, it seems like they're there for hours and then Mm -hmm. they say, and then they're like, okay, girl, gotta get back to the office. And for some reason, Dave and I both thought it was so funny because we were like, there's no way they're going back to work. That was, they spent like half the day having like (laughs) Margie's and one of them was like, Ooh, those crab legs. And I was like, y'all like crab legs? I was like, this is not a lunch. Y'all are not going back to work. Day? That's like a lot. And then they're like, oh, and everybody's like heading back to work. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're going home. Like any meeting you were supposed to have, it it was shelved or they were able to have it without you. But like, y'all have been at this restaurant. The sun has gone down. 
I didn't. Are they drinking? I didn't even. Oh, they're that. yeah. They're they're living it up. They're the girls are together. The girls are together. The girls are girling. They're having a good time, baby. They're talking about yeah, blue not balls. Not a lot of time. Not a lot of time spent on like how they do so well at work. Mostly just them being out of work. Yeah, <laughs> and no. Um, and, and I mean, I get it. Like, we don't need to see the clerical work that's happening. So of course not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's no, you know, for sure. So they like. So they're leaving and. It's just a funny scene. And it's also the scene where we find out that, like, Shantae's rule on, like... Okay, so Shantae has this rule about if you're going... Because the whole thing is basically Karen explaining how she was able to... How she was able to get Michael to propose by withholding sex. And then Deirdre says that's, like, a dangerous game. And then she says... And then, <laughs> and then Karen says that you have to know your your man's window basically like his hormone window as far as like sex and she says that most men have a window of about seven days before they'll cheat on you Mm -hmm. and so she's like you basically gotta like hold out for long enough that he hasn't cheated on you but he's like learned to she doesn't say this but this is like what i glean from it that he's learned to like appreciate you and your value and like Mm -hmm. you withholding sex has provided him with that clarity so like I think that that's really interesting. I, I love this, like, seven-day rule that we've decided. It's like some interface well, of shit. Also, and they're good. Yeah, it's also, like, allowing... It's a dangerous game. It's, it's, like, also, like, sort of allowing that narrative to exist that, like, men can absolutely not fucking control themselves if they aren't getting their dick wet every seven days. And it's, like... Uh, you know, we expect very little from the men in our society. I hope... I hope that, you know... Um, that has obviously changed since this movie came out and you know i don't know man it's just like (laughs) those little things where i'm like oh god we get we allow men to be so like run like um what's the word just like uh moved by their emotions in that way because they can't like have sex so it's like they're obviously going to cheat on you because they can't fucking stand not getting laid for seven days absolutely Just... like not control not they shouldn't be held con- accountable for their actions and exactly and then we get like the one of the climb the climax of the film the miller genuine draft uh <laughs> party um where we get lala anthony, lala anthony! In, her, like... in her debut this is her first role in a movie is um, it really? Yeah, oh my god! This is her I debut. didn't know that. I just like I remember. Just, she's like, D- she's the DJ, it. by the way, guys. Which is how we all came to. Most of us came to know Lala before the A A list come up. Um, she mm-hmm. although I don't know what Lala does, but um, always well, so happy. She to was see a her. she was a VJ on MTV. She was a for VJ, a while, wasn't she? and then she and yeah, and at some point she married Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, and yeah. She's a friend of of the of the A listers. She really yeah. is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, but this is the party that, and so this is also another like kind of interesting like setup because it's like Shantae, who earlier in the movie, to be fair, Shantae was expecting her plan to work when she left that gig that like her her uh, baby's day out lunch with her friends where she talked. About <laughs> she she actually she goes to the grocery store. She gets a bunch of stuff because she says me and Keith are gonna make up now. He's been on my plan. He's now at the point where like he you know is a. I think what she's expecting is that he's going to reach out to her and apologize, and then he's going to come over, and he'll have learned his lessons, and they're going to be having sex all weekend. And then she finds out from her boss that she needs to, like, attend a work event for, or, like, a rival company, which happens to be the company that Connie Spaulding works for. 
Um, and so she's like going to this event, and at the event, she runs into Connie, who's plus one. At the instruction of Tony, by the way, Keith wanted to call Shantae and apologize and put an end to it, and Tony was like, no. Um, so <laughs> Tony the... <laughs> is such a shitster, man. So Tony is a really big shitster. And so Tony. It also makes me think, like, does Tony have anything going on for himself? Because he is so he... invested. He is so invested. I told you they love to gossip. Um, (laughs) And also, Morris said that apparently they pulled him aside at one point. Like, I guess the director or the producers, because they were like, hey, like, Tony's like, like, Anthony's acting circles around you, baby. Like, you got to step it up. Like, these we're looking at the dailies, baby, and the dailies are daily in. And like Ooh. somebody's coming out victorious, and it's it's which is like yeah no shit like the comedic best friend is coming out victorious like look see any movie ever made like right. that's the part it's, you want right it's so much more interesting to play no the... you don't want to be like the ingenue you want to be like the the person who's like ribbing <laughs> who's the got ingenue. the good lines <laughs> and it is really funny because it's like Shantae shows up Shantae and her boss her boss who knows nothing about any of this shit. They mm-hmm. they greet they greet Connie and Keith as they walk in, and Keith acts like he's never seen Shantae before. He fully ignores her, which he is fully, like he fully I've, ignores her, and this is where her plan completely goes out the window. It pissed me off too. Oh yeah, for sure, because this is the moment where it's like he's here, Shantae. This is the opposite of what she was expecting to happen, and then and I understand. I still maintain that I understand why he showed up with Connie, because like you know, two literally two can play that game. Two can play that game. <laughs> Although, to be but, fair, Shantae hasn't, like, gone out with one of his friends. Not that Connie is her friend, by the but, way, also. No, but she's gone out with six other guys in one night, you know what I mean? She's yeah. doing it. She's doing she, her thing. No, she has, for sure. And, like, this is the moment that we see, for the first time, we see that Shantae is, like, on day nine, you know, he is supposed to be at home waiting for my forgiveness. And then this is the moment where she confronts. It, it's funny too that she feels like she confronts Connie Spaulding, which is really interesting because it's like Connie has not been painted as like she, a frenemy at best, but like that, right. you're both black women, young black women, like female, like executives, like in that regard, I'm sure you run in very similar circles. So you, there's a familiarity. Totally. And earlier in the movie, we saw that Connie knew that Keith was her boyfriend. Right. So like that is a part of it. And he says to her, the truth is, I'm tired of your bullshit. I know I'm a good man, and it's time for me to explore my other options as well. Yeah. And then Connie walks over and, you know, invites him out to the dance floor, and Keith hands Shantae his drink and heads to the dance floor. And then Shantae boldly, boldly pulls Connie aside and says, Connie, excuse me, um, may I speak with you for a moment? And then Shantae. <laughs> Which is like, this isn't even about This isn't Connie. about Connie. Like, this has, and, I, and, and I think, and Shantae says that. She says she it does. after the initial. Yeah. But she I does, do, but I'm like, why are you pulling her into this? But, it was kind and of it's, like and a, it's, I think it shows her unraveling. I think it shows yeah, the yeah. beginning of like her no longer being in control. And right. she says, what are you doing here with my, you know Keith's my man. And then, um, <laughs> and then Connie laughs in her face. And says, if he's your man, he's certainly not acting like it. And then she says, mm-hmm. and then Shante says, well, perhaps he would be if he didn't have a little hooch like you running up behind him. And then Connie. This is like the second time she like gets on um, Connie for being a hoe. And it's like, there's no evidence really. I mean, A, like we shouldn't be calling other women hoes, whatever, this is a different time. But like, there's no evidence too of her quote unquote hoeing. You know what I mean? She's just on a date with a guy you happen to used to date, you know? 
that's really it. And it's never we're never getting given a time frame for Keith and, and Shantae's relationship. Although we do see that they both have like eight by ten glossies headshots of each other in their homes. But that's about 100%. it. It's never made one hundred percent clear how long they've been together. But I think we're supposed to believe months. I think is really the, the vibe that mm-hmm. I get. And then we get a dream sequence where Shantae. Um, basically, well, first of all, Connie says, I don't appreciate you, your tone, and why are you calling me names? I mean, come on, Shante. Uh, that's a little junior high, don't you think? Keith is here with me because he wants to be here with me, and I didn't force him. I'm not twisting his arm. It's his decision, so don't take your frustrations on me if you can't control your man, okay? And then at this moment, Vivica has a dream sequence where she punches her in the face. Um, I did not know it was a dream sequence at first, and I was just like, I was like, Whoa! We went from zero to a hundred and sixty in ten in in less than a second, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're really seeing the unraveling of Shantae." And then you see that it's like that's just her fan, her rage fantasy, her fantasy. Yeah, and then. Everything's like, back thank on track. God. Thank God yeah, yeah. that Shantae didn't play that game. Yeah. Um, and then after this, she Shantae, plays another game. She plays another <laughs> one, many other ones. And then Shantae goes out with, and then Shantae finds this the first attractive guy she sees. I guess who's this like white guy who like is so like unremarkable, so and, milk like, toast, so like... milk toast. And she's like talking to him at the party. <laughs> she's like, Perfect, you're the one. You're the like... one. And yeah. it's like, is he? Um, and you like, like seeing more attractive extras like in the background, and you're like, right? I was like, why aren't we going with one of those? <laughs> exactly. And like she like, and then she like does her last her last move, her coup de gras, as she says. Mm. She fucks him up, as she but she puts it, and she is Keith pulls her aside because he sees her talking to this guy, and he finally wants to stop. And in, in her defense, it's like, I, it, it, what are we doing here? And mm-hmm. she drops a condom. On the ground in front of him, and then she pretends to be flustered to, you know, which I guess, you know, imply that she was prepared to like have sex with this guy. Um, I mean, all it really implied was that like she's a woman who comes prepared, and that's, that's literally it. It because her having but, a condom, like, it's also like she had that condom already. You saw her meet him here. That doesn't mean right. she was going to have sex with him. It just means that she had a condom. In right, her purse. Exactly. And, like, you seeing it just means she's prepared for sex to potentially happen. And then right after that, Shantae is sort of, like, Shantae is now scrambling. Um, mm-hmm. And she's trying to come up with, like, with, like, a plan that's going to work in order to, like, make things sort of unfold the way that she wants them to. She's also now, she's got that thing which she's been trying to avoid since that first scene with her friends where she saw Keith once again dancing with another woman. And her friends were sort of, she felt, but the energy is higher right now. Because it's like, I don't know what her friends know. He's not just dancing with Connie. He's dancing with like all the women who are like dressed in like Miller. He's dancing with the Miller light girls. Yes, exactly. And he's like, he is making a show of all of this. Like I am desirable. He's on the dance floor. I want Connie like calls them over. Like he's on the dance floor. Connie gets pulled away because this is her work function. She gets pulled away. And then she calls the three girls over who are sort of dancing in front of the DJ set. Lala Anthony's like DJ set. And she calls them over. So these three like Miller Lite girls are like dancing, also in like the least sexy outfit ever. Um, like, but everybody's like, they're ooh, in, like, polo shirts and they're like, like polos a, a baseball and like, cap <laughs> and like some Docker shorts. And yeah. like they're all dancing around Keith, and then like Anthony Anderson comes over, so it's like they're having a fun on the dance floor. Meanwhile, in the corner, like Shante's friends are like seething, and also it's like clear that they didn't. If they thought something was going on with Keith, then like 
they didn't understand to what degree. And like, and also, her... like this is all so weird too because this is a work event. <laughs> like, yes. And- they're like sexily dancing on the dance floor and i'm like where's the line here yeah it's like a lot like keith is bumping and grinding (laughs) with these women and it's like you're like your girlfriend is the one who organized this event like this is a lot did you like you aren't like hanging out this isn't your like private time like no this isn't like recreational this isn't the club no it's like and so it's like a midday mixer if it was the yeah the light is it's the sun is still like at like high noon maybe it's high 4 p.m but like it is out there it's a lot but i guess like he bumps and grinds on co-workers at the club anyways so you know Ooh, drag him <laughs> right the world is his playground keith is used to getting it in so so on the dance floor so so they're all dancing and then we've got like her friends all around her which is like this is the worst thing this is like <laughs> such this is such a like anxiety inducing moment when like something is going wrong in your relationship and your friends are bearing witness to it and not like and your best just... not like your best friend like that's different but i mean like right, a right. group like your group of your circle of friends are all around you literally going what's going on why is your man acting like that oh my god he's bumping and grinding all those girls over there what you gonna do what you gonna do and this is when we get deirdre's what you gonna do bitch um <laughs> the the much discussed uh what you gonna do bitch when she looks at her and it's like her because it's like that's like you also have that energy that could potentially like right push it's like you that into... ang- it's anxiety that your yes. friends are like your your friends are nervous for you because they're witnessing something that is potentially like like relationship ruining happening and yes. they want to be like they want I they want to be helpful but they're also mad for you and so it's like all of that like energy just like snowballs into you making wild decisions which our girl Shantae certainly does <laughs> this is um this is the moment where we also see that like she doesn't have it all together and this is a moment where her friends realize that she doesn't have it all together so like for several she reasons does handle herself pretty well I'm, yes. well, I mean she she given the circumstances, but she decides that she's going to walk out, take her car out to the road. Or her car, car's already her out car's parked. Road. I mean, her car is parked. It looks like in front of like the, the in front of the mansion. It's, it's but I mean, this car has been valeted. If it's if this is what right. it appears to be, as far as like this event is, she like she has like a special tool and she pulls it out of the trunk and she like pops her tire and she's like i guess this is what i gotta do and she then like there are like several guys who drive by who are like can we help you and i guess they're like not good looking enough and she's like no no i'm good and then this like mediocre looking guy who i guess she decides is super good looking stops to help her and she's like you're the one also, before this, she says, before she leaves the party to go do this, she says, by the way, if you if you decided at this point you don't want your man back, then to hell with him. Let him, you know, do whatever he's doing and keep stepping. But if you want him back and you want him behaved, you must do some strange things. And this is the moment <laughs> that she leaves and she goes, and I love the word behaved. Behaved. Um, That's the thing that sends me on that. It's like, if you want him back and you want him behaved, like he's like a seven-year-old. Like he's, like he's the Labrador of the Yeah, house. exactly. Um, 
Yeah, and she's clear. She runs. She rushes to her trunk. I always, I also always love it. She like amps up the drama. I love it as she's hustling like to her trunk of her car, and she's like, "This is all gonna happen really quickly. So still pay attention." And yeah, like, and you're like, "Okay, I'm on board. Let's see what I'm we're here. doing." I'm here. Okay, doing? you're an authority. <laughs> um, so she's like, she, and that's when she gets the tool out that she uses to flat to like the flatten the tire, and then like she gets this guy who it's also like, who's this man who's driving by? Are you driving to the party? Were you just in the neighborhood? But regardless, she's a beautiful woman. He's taking with her this guy goes into the party with her and she's then sort of like trying to create these optical situations for like keith to like get a glance of her so like she's positioning herself in these locations with this gentleman so that he can see and keith is very upset by what's going on and he says to tony no this is more upsetting because she's not dancing with him she's sitting and she's talking with him she keeps Mm -hmm. finding places to sit and talk with him alone which is what leads to the moment where keith pulls her aside basically saying like what's going on here because he's he's basically drawing his line in the sand even though he came with connie and by see the way that him and connie are behaving i would honestly be thinking did y'all have sex because right that was like the and i don't know why she didn't seem to think that like but him walking in on her arm to me indicated that there was a level of you know especially if she's the man eater that you claim that she is um, right. and, and she's trying to like, you know, use Keith, who's this high powered, you know, attorney up and coming attorney to like, get on to like a new level or whatever for clout. So like, she's sort of picking up on this. And then Keith, um, Keith basically calls her out. And he says, like, if you leave here with him, because he saw the condom that she dropped on the ground purposely. So yeah. that means Shantae is going to have sex with this man. And it's like, so she no longer has agency, apparently. Um, right. And he's like, if you leave here with him, then we are really done. And it's like, how is this no, not no, no. on the same... What does he, he say? He says, if you walk out the door with him, I'm going home with Com- Connie tonight. And I just... That is a very specific line to me. Because I'm like, okay, you guys are in... You're totally in this game. You're enthralled with each other. You are obsessed with one-upping each other and winning the power and passing it back and forth and getting the other to do what you want the other to do without telling them that that's what you want them to do. And what about the people you are using in this game? Like, what about Connie? Like, she might potentially really like you. And you're like, you fuck him, I fuck her. It's like, <laughs> everybody, yeah, on. everybody, I guess the only thing is what, I guess you get some. That's the only, like, alternative. Or if, yeah. or unless you've made some, unless you've, Connie's, like, made some sort of, like, declarations of her, of her, like, feelings for you. And, or, or Connie just wants to smash too. Like, you're right. Because right. it, like, depends. We don't know, but we certainly don't get a moment where we check in with Connie and be like, no. where she's just like, I'm here for the ride. We'll see what happens. Literally. We got here for, we got a moment <laughs> earlier with him. Keith and Connie earlier in the movie, after, after this initial thing happened with Shantae, they were at an, it was for Coca-Cola, these events. It was like oh, yeah. a Coca-Cola mixer that Connie invited him to and they were there and Connie was dancing with him very seductively productively on the dance floor and he was like scared and skittish like he was like trying to create distance between them and like he kept trying to get away from her and like he was yeah. he told tony at the party like i'm really uncomfortable like she's pawing at me so it's like this is the this is us like uh, this is the second time that he's gone out with her except shantae is there this time and so it is like what are you doing with her you clearly she thinks that you have designs on her because you are agreeing to be a part of these events these very public events with her um, mm-hmm. But you're right. Then Keith says, I'm going on with her, which is like, it's so messy. Um, it's so and then Shantae says, you do what you have to do. But regardless of what you do, I'm leaving. 
and Shantae heads home, and as she's instructing us, her viewers, she's expecting to walk into this house and for Keith to be there, which is also like, oh, he's a key to your place. So, she- well, so here's the thing about this. So she does go home with the guy that she met at the party, but he just drops her off. She's not. He, he follows her that. home. Her car now has a donut on it, so it's like, right. oh, let me follow you home to make sure that like you don't have any more like you know automobile incidents or whatever. Although he does say. You want me to come up? And she's like, no. Yeah. She's like, in no way. I was using you from. <laughs> I couldn't front, want anything less. From start to finish. Do you see Keith home, here? Baby. Then I you serve no be- purpose. I can't believe you have my home address. Please get out of here as soon as That's possible. really the, that's the pickle <laughs> that we found ourselves in. Is that you now know where I live. Don't come back here. And, and, and then we get her walking up the driveway confidently speaking, breaking <laughs> the third, fourth wall and talking to the camera. And she's like, well, <laughs> if. I know Plan anything complete. about anything. When I walk in there, my baby Keith is going to be sitting on the couch waiting for me. Also, and... your last exchange was acrimonious. <laughs> like it, it was <laughs> terrible. If you he was would... there, you would have there would be a big fight, and it would be like a huge conversation. It wouldn't be you walking in and him like in like silk pajamas, ready to like d you down. Like right. it would be like a lot of questions, like and a lot of anger. And she's like. Well, on to the next part of my dream night. Like, yeah, exactly. Were you not at the party? Like, I understand that you're trying to save face all the time. But right now, it makes zero sense. We saw exactly what's going on. So, like, let's be real. And I love, 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 love that she enters her house excited like a child on Christmas morning going, Keith? Oh, Keith! <laughs> like, she's so certain he's gonna be there. And she realizes he isn't there, and she's like, oh, how is he not here waiting for me with his dick out? And then she gets a knock on the door, and she's like, oh, there he is! Just the timing was a bit off. And she opens the door, and it's like someone ordered food to the wrong house or whatever, and it's not Keith. And she, like, cannot believe her fucking eyes when it's not him the good thing too about walking into a house and boldly like saying like the person's name like that is that either like it's a 50 percent chance they're there but it's also a 50 percent chance that they're not and if they aren't there's nobody else there to know that you've just embarrassed yourself like it's worse if you have like a roommate who like pops her head on and is like girl he's not here you messed up like so stop because he, he he actually left like i heard him leave a very very angry message on the answer machine if you want to listen to that your relationship's over with him it's finito it's done girl you ruined it and i heard it but from the message i can tell some of the messy shit you did so it seems like it ended just like it should like i'm moving out because i don't want to live with someone who does and i don't want to split the i don't want to split the mortgage for this mansion with you anymore like (laughs) i'm out um also it's really funny because it's like shantae also the next thing we get is her once again she's at the club where they met and she's like, it didn't work. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> she says it with such like ease. That's like, like you have invested so much time and energy into this, so much pain, so much like unnecessary like heartache on your part and on Keith's, <laughs> and like all you have to give us is a shoulder shrug and a better luck next time. And it's like, like, like the stakes weren't super, super high. Your like, entire future hinged on this. And it's like, yeah. 
it didn't work and like a relationship that could have been a great one was ruined by what could have been a five minute conversation the night that all this happened and 100 percent, you guys could have been in bed together that night snuggling and making up and been like and she's like i'm glad i'm glad to know where we're going from here and instead she's like well i lost my man (laughs) them's the breaks she is yeah she's literally just like looking into the camera and she's just like come see come saw and and also like the thing too is like Keith was playing a role. He was pretending to be like Keith actually seems to have been like a very sweet good guy. Yeah. So it's like he he's a Keith... good guy who made a little bit of like a mistake and like didn't understand in that moment like how to draw lines like in terms of like, you know, personal relationships with coworkers. Keith... I think Keith had an error in judgment. Like he, and I think it's very much the fact that Keith is a nice guy and he's his, his whole character is likable. A lot of people, not only is he really physically attractive, he's good at his job and people like him. And so when he gets himself in a scenario where he is to potentially draw a line, he didn't know how to get out of that scenario without maintaining that likability, which like, he's an amiable. I, I can relate to it's really hard for me to say things to people where I think it might result in the potential of them not liking me or thinking about me differently. I I always think about that. It's like when you're a people pleaser, you want people to be comfortable around you, then you just you end up getting yourself into situations sometimes where you're like, oh, maybe this wasn't the best choice. I didn't mean this, but here I am, you know, No, I and feel like. You. That would have been so, this movie would have been so different if she had just been like, how did you get here? Like, do you really think it's appropriate for you to be dancing with your coworker like this when you're in a relationship with me? Like that, and, and you lied to me? Like that makes me feel terrible, you know? Yeah, but who wants that slice of reality? I know, when I you mean, come can get on. Vivica Fox <laughs> setting up a series of <laughs> 1990s early aughts rules that are going to yeah. give men in line baby <laughs> and if it doesn't work she'll be shrugging her shoulders at, at a nightclub <laughs> waiting for the next, the next one, one. who knows how to who falls in line and doesn't have a tony whispering <laughs> in his ear and like yep. derailing her plans everything so i am glad they didn't have that conversation because then you have the movie and it's and fun it's, shenanigans it's there all and, and all of its glory. And Jane, yeah. I have a question for you. Um, yeah. Is this a movie that you think you would watch again? I do think I'd watch this again. It's a really fun, like, easy... Like, it's an easy it's, watch. It's a it's fun, an easy It's an easy, like, comforting movie. You know what it I mean? It is very like, good, like, comfort, good... like, movie. It's like a chicken, yeah. soup, chicken soup film. Like, I love a good, it's like, a... easy, smooth totally. romantic comedy. Always, yeah. It's like a sim. It's like a, it's like a Nancy Myers feel where it's absolutely like, you know it's like that. Everyone, uh, but there's black like, people in it. We're right, but there's black people in it. <laughs> Very good point. That it's like it's just like I'm gonna put on like my blanket and have a cup of tea. I'm gonna get a few laughs in. Maybe you know take a quick ten minute power nap in the middle, and then up and at him for that um, conflict resolution at the end. You know, it's an interesting romantic comedy <laughs> in the sense that typically I feel like with romantic comedies, 
you spend the whole movie waiting on that's not typical but a lot of times you spend the whole movie waiting on them to like officially get together yeah and we find take. this couple together and and in a happy functioning relationship or so it seems and we go on the journey of the relationship falling apart and then we get mm-hmm. like in the last moments of the movie very last moments of the movie we get the reconciliation so mm-hmm. it is like interesting in terms of like the canon of romantic comedies in that sense that like we watched a relationship that we were rooting for at the beginning sort of like crumble before our eyes and then we watch like this quick sort of patchwork job at the very end to try and like salvage the remnants and like get right. back to what's good so it is an interesting watch in that sense um it's a different it's like it's like we're most romantic comedies start at the beginning of a relationship and I like that this one is like a slide through time where it's like we're starting at a different point in a relationship they've already established you know their their relationship and have been together for potentially months we don't know how long um and you know you you get a different slice like so often romantic comedies end at the beginning of a relationship Mm -hmm. and you're always like, oh, I wonder how that will go. You know, I guess everything is like, you know, oh, they found the one, they're riding off into the sunset. But like the reality is that a relationship has, you know, obviously many different um, ups and downs. And this is like a nice window into one of them that also serves as a romantic comedy. Like you want the couple to be together. You're rooting for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, you're in a different place. Oh, it was a, no, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, so I I really enjoyed it. And I was curious, Jane, um, yeah. do you have um, a movie that you would like for me to watch for you? Well, speaking of romantic comedies, you know, we're big, big, big fans of the rom-com here at Movies You Missed. Mm-hmm. And I found out recently that there was a big one that you've missed. And uh, it's gone of- with the wind, isn't it? Um, it's not gone with the wind. Cool, not cool, cool. Cool, wind. cool, 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 cool. Um, this was a big one from I feel like our childhood that almost everyone has seen growing up. So, was surprised to find that you hadn't seen it. We are going to be watching next week a little movie called The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. Okay. A little the Drew, a little Sandler. Singer. Yeah. Okay. Is directed. Yeah, that one was. That's um. Is directed by Darren Aronofsky, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's starring um Jennifer Lawrence. Oof. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ready to get gritty with it. <laughs> Absolutely. It. I'll watch this one and I'll watch Joy right after it and a couple of other bombs. <laughs> How dare you? Um. You w- don't worry. We'll we'll have you um finishing up the Hunger Games sometime in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> um awesome absolutely. well okay well i look forward to to watching um adam and drew um doing what they do um and i love uh, it yeah i actually don't know how honestly i really don't know how this one slipped by me but i am excited to watch it i know i'm excited to have you watch it too i, I want to know what it's like to experience this movie for the first time in 2022 because for me it's such a like a part of like you know your youth my youth but anyways we will find out next week now won't we all right well 
This is fun hanging out with you this for a little bit. This is fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us um, talk about Two Can Play That Game. We hope you liked it. We hope you made it through to the end. We love you. We respect you. We appreciate you. And if you want some of that love and respect during the week while you're waiting for new episodes to drop, you can follow us on the internet. <laughs> and by the internet, I mean Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Miss, our award-winning Twitter at MWM Chat. And um, we will reconvene here next week for The Wedding Singer. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye. Bye. We will. Bye. Bye. You fucking might fuck her!